Unless God send his hail, or blinding fireballs, sleet or stifling snow, in some time, his good time, I shall arrive. Robert Browning Miss Tonks stepped into the waiting carriage as if stepping into a tumbrel. Pale but brave, she sat down and lowered the glass, and looked out at the faces of her friends standing outside the poor relation hotel in London's Bond Street. I shall return with the money, she said firmly. Do be careful, said little Miss Budley. If it is too dangerous, simply come back to us. No one will reproach you. I shall, said the horrible Sir Philip Somerville, looking more like an elderly tortoise than ever. Just pick up some expensive giggle, slip it into your reticule and make off. Colonel Sandhurst looked at the sky as if for inspiration, as though he were mentally detaching himself from the whole distasteful project. Why could not Sir Philip himself go on a raiding mission? It wasn't fair of any of them. They had forced poor Miss Tonks into it. Courage, said Lady Fortescue, leaning on her ebony cane. The carriage moved off. Miss Tonks's white handkerchief fluttered from the window in farewell. Lady Fortescue, Sir Philip, Colonel Sandhurst, and Mrs. Budley retreated into the poor relation and up to their private sitting room. The oddly assorted group had met some time ago. All of them had been poor relations, the genteel paupers of society, living on little more than their dignity. They had banded together and had started the poor relation hotel, money for the venture having been supplied by Sir Philip Somerville, who had stolen a vastly valuable necklace from the Duke of Rochester and put a fake in its place to avoid detection of the crime. All had hoped their infuriated relations would buy them out, but as the hotel prospered they had begun to enjoy the fruits of their labours. Then the hotel had burned down. Sir Philip had not paid the fire insurance, and although the Duke of Rochester had married their partner Harriet James, and had been generous in paying for the restoration of the hotel, they were once more in need of funds. To stoop to crime in the days of their poverty, when all had a burning resentment at their humiliating treatment at the hands of their relatives was one thing. To turn to it again, when they had known a certain amount of prosperity and success, was another. But their joint ownership of the hotel, much as they had grumbled about it, had become an obsession. The hotel must go on. And so Miss Tonks, the weakest, had been persuaded to go on a raiding mission to her sister, Mrs. Honoria Blessup, who was unaware that Miss Tonks had sunk to trade and still fondly imagined her living in one dingy London room.